This Sam Mays Podcast Roadshow is brought to you by Pettit Insurance in Norman. Remember, you're always in good hands with Allstate. On the Monday of game week, it's just different. It hits different. It feels different. It's uh, something that has been in my blood my whole life. So when you listen to Red Dirt music, it's like that last Rebel sound to me. It is a combination of uh, Southern rock and jazz and uh, bluegrass. And and for Skip Bayless to come out and say, I don't feel bad for him and kind of belittle him and say, how dare you? How dare you as the leader of America's team show weakness? Honestly, I want to say what I want to say. This is the Sam Mays Podcast. Welcome. I'm Sam Mays, and today we're sitting down with meteorologist with KOCO Channel 5, Jonathan Condor. Mr. Condor, how are you, sir? Well, how's it going? Did you survive the uh, the winter blast? Yeah, so I, uh, you know, I'm originally from northeastern Ohio, and so anytime I hear snowmageddon down here, I'm like, man, y'all need to get up by Lake Erie, you know, and, and in January and February, we can talk about what uh, snow is, but this was interesting, you know, to say the least, when you consider uh, the sheer mountain and how cold it was for so many consecutive days, like even in Ohio, it doesn't get, you know, to three or one or negative two, uh, like it was here. So, man, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Uh, and, you know, a little bit concerning at, at one point, rolling blackouts and all kinds of stuff. I can only imagine what it was like for you guys uh, last week and the week before and just kind of leading up to it. Well, you know, I grew up in Minnesota, and I remember really cold winters where, like, when I was in college, I had a little tiny Ford Festiva. I think it was the 89 Ford Festiva. Heck and if yeah. I didn't, yeah, it got great gas mileage. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if I didn't start the engine and let it run for a half hour each day, the engine block would get so cold that it wouldn't start up. And, and so I worked through that. I lived through it, I, you know, born and raised, you know, where you'd look out, like if you look out your window right now and see all this snow out there, that's where it was in Minnesota for three months out of the year. So I grew up in this, but you know, living in Oklahoma now for so many years, I'm not acclimated to the cold. Um, I might go up to Minnesota once a winter, every couple of years. I don't know, but this is pretty significant. And that cold was, I mean, we set, you know, second coldest morning in Oklahoma history. And that record that we, we broke being second coldest, um, hasn't been that cold since the 1800s. And so nobody alive has lived through this cold. And, you know, it's weird because, you know, you forecast it and you see it coming. You're like, wow, we're going to, we're going to break some records. But then you see the impact of people. And that was the hard part with this winter storm is that, I think it was, I forget what morning it was. I think it was Tuesday morning when we hit that record low and we're just breaking all these snow records and temperature records that it really hit me. And I usually really try to compartmentalize the weather and just like, hey, just tell how it's going to impact people. You know, get the most precision you can get and accuracy for the forecast. But I think that day on air, I'm like, this is horrible. Right. People's pipes are bursting, um, you know. Yeah, parents are stuck at home with their kids at distance learning. Granted, we had done that for months, but, you know, it's the stress of being a homeowner. Are your pipes going to burst? You know, how am I going to get to get to work on the snow? You know, do we, you know, just all these things that just added up. And I think even this, this morning we broke, so in five days we broke nine records, two snow records and, you know, seven temperature records. That's like, <laughs> wow. That, that, I think it's safe to say this is probably the worst winter 
in 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 history for Oklahoma City. You know, we are very uh, fortunate in the United States to have uh, a variation of you know weather, right? I mean, it's from New Mexico to uh, northern Washington to you know to, to Maine. All these places are so different, and you really don't uh, realize how different they are from each other until you have. Uh, an unnatural disaster, right, in a place where, you know, and if you are in Houston or Oklahoma City and all of a sudden you get 11 inches of snow, your your whole infrastructure just not built for it. And I think a lot of people, like, you are you know, you're doing the news in the morning, and I'm sure at some point you thought somebody's going to die from this, right? I mean, because they're just – we're just not – prepared for anything quite like this in the south and it just really kind of opens your eyes to you know how one how fragile we are as humans that are acclimated to a certain type of temperature and certain type of weather conditions and two you know when it comes to our infrastructure and uh you know we have all the power and all the things and all the things you know what running water and we're a first world nation still we are so susceptible to just mother nature herself we are and that thought went through my mind you know, there's a lot of things that we I I don't say on TV just because maybe someone would take it the wrong way. It's, and I only have a certain amount of time. I have these very small windows of time. I have to stick on time, and I can't fully articulate what I want to say, you know, and go in depth. Um, I do a lot of Facebook lives, and that, now I show a little more personality. I talk about the why and the how, not just the what, when, and where. But honestly, on that morning, it's like, man, I think the homeless population that we have here in in Oklahoma, it's like, hey, okay, we get a we get a cold front and it's cold and you know maybe you can I, I don't know I've never been homeless but like this stuff is gonna be really really bad and it, it could it could kill people and we and we saw that and it's, it's like wow you know it's it's the impact and usually when we get snow here in Oklahoma it's like one and done boom we get the right. snow sun comes out the next day it's melting it's gone we're done and it's like no this snow is it's, it's like the Christmas Eve blizzard of of uh, 2009 it hit and you know we got a you know foot of snow and it was on the ground for a week well this storm was a little bit different you know and it really started way back with that freezing drizzle that we had two a couple mondays ago where we saw the 29 car pile up and then and then here comes a little, little bit of cold and then the valentine's day storm you get you know the snow oh we're getting more snow it's just adding it's not melting and the snow is going to still stick around. I know the roads have really improved, but like in your front yard, it snows not, or your backyard, like the, the north side of your house or the north side of an apartment, this snow is not going to go away for a really long time. Like neighborhood streets, you may not get a really clear street for another week. Right. And it's just, just long lasting. And the cold, you know, it's crazy. I have a, in my, you, know, you know, you're supposed to check on your neighbors, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially during COVID, right? How are your neighbors doing? Well, I picked my, my, had my boys in my Jeep, and we're kind of bahan through the snow the other day, and we pull in the neighborhood, and there's my neighbor. He's an uh, Army veteran. I, I just think so highly of him. He's out there, and some lady's stuck. She's got a crossover, you know, and she's, she can't get home. She's a nurse. She's got ball tires. She can't get home. I'm like, hey, let's hook her up to the Jeep. Let's tow her back. Okay, we got that. Talking to my buddy, Tanner, how are you doing? He's like, hey, um, yeah, the other guy across the street here, he's in the airport. His furnace shut off. What? Yeah, the snow piled up on his roof. It covered his vent pipe. So yep. it, 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 well, really? That happens here in Oklahoma that we got that much snow? So all these different things, you know? And then now you're forecasting it. You got to tell people about it. And not only that, I'm living it. So I'm a homeowner. I'm like, am I, are my pipes going to burst? Right. Oh, no, we're going to lose power. 
okay, my wife is at home with the kids. We lost power. How long do we have to go without power? And then you hear, there might not be enough gas. You know, they might have to shut off the gas. And it's like, oh, my goodness when is it gonna end right uh, yeah i, I yeah. it's uh you know it's and it just kind of piled up quickly right i mean you're talking about 72 hours of oh look how look we're gonna get our snow everybody's smiling to oh shit it's it's not good none of this is good and now we're going through like the melting process which it's just gonna freeze over roads are bad in the morning people yeah. you know, people aren't familiar with black ice around here and it's like you know, it's still dangerous. It's going to be dangerous for the next several days and to, and to encourage people to, you know, take their time as they get around the city, especially in these neighborhood areas. Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, if you've been through a big snow here in Oklahoma, sometimes we get it, but we're definitely going to get it now. Is So the snow, it's a solid, you know, it's ice form, solid form. Well, it's going to go into liquid. It's going to melt and right. it's going to evaporate. And it's going to go to a fuel that you can't see with your eyes until the fog forms. So this is what probably we're going to have the next couple mornings is, you know, the perfect setup. You have all this humidity. You're going to have light winds, clear sky, temperatures drop below freezing. And then you get that. Technically, it is. It's not that there's, you know, there's the remelt that refreezes, but like legit black ice where it's the freezing fog. And that's a real weather term, freezing fog. Mm -hmm. So tomorrow morning. People are like, oh, okay, I, I can kind of get out of my neighborhood, and they're cruising down the highway. And then that, that bridge that was completely dry and cleared because it was a you know state highway or turnpike or interstate, and it's clear, that could be glazed over with ice. It's like, okay, how long is that going to last? You know, two or three mornings, maybe a week. And there's all these all these things. And, you know, then we had a big earthquake. And I know the first thing one of our anchors said was, oh, it's a, it's a frost quake. And I'm shaking my head. I'm like, no, I don't think, I don't think the snow is causing an earthquake. Uh, it was a really deep earthquake, you know, uh, frost quakes, um, is a real, but that's like up in the Great Lakes and it's very rare. Uh, I don't think we've ever had a frost quake, a, a true frost quake. Now I'm not a geologist, study a little bit of it right. but i don't think that earthquake this morning but then you're like what else can happen you know yeah, right. <laughs> black ice and freezing fog and two snowstorms and arctic blasts and all these temperature records now i've got earthquakes right i've been waiting for the murder hornets to get here for a while now <laughs> so maybe that's what's next for us uh before we get, keep going I, i've got to ask what you know, I, I was talking we, before we started recording. I was telling you how much I appreciate your broadcast in the morning, uh, and just the way that you approach your your job. Like you can tell when people love what they do and they're passionate about what they do. And I think that you uh, you really are. I'm kind of curious, you know, of what age and and give, give me the story. Like what, you're from Minnesota, uh, obviously Oklahoma is a is a hot spot for weather. Give me the uh, the backstory here. What's your origin story? So I, it's not like I was a kid and, and I grew up and I looked at a thunderstorm and I'm going to be a meter, meter. No, that was not the case. I have a really weird story. So go back to me being in high school. I wanted to be an air force pilot. Okay. I want to fly F-16s. I'm going to be a fighter pilot. Well, how do you become a, a, a pilot in the air force? You can go ROTC, the academy or uh, officer training school, but you need a degree in meteorology and you need to have a pilot's license. And so uh, the academy pretty competitive um i didn't i didn't have a lot of guidance kind of at the end of high school about the path to take and i had a friend of mine and he he joined the national guard he said johnson you want to pay for college and you want to you know work on your degree and you can work on air force aircraft and get to know the pilots and maybe get a pilot slot you can take the guard route and i'm like that's that's for me so I went into the guard um first year of college getting a degree in aviation 
hated it. Love the flying. Don't right. get me wrong. <laughs> I, I'm passionate about flying, but this degree was kind of a, a made up degree. So pilots could have a degree technically because a lot of pilots back in the day, they didn't have degrees. They were just pilots. Well, now you have to have a degree if the airlines was going to hire you. Okay. You get this professional airport management degree. It was accounting. Hey, I'm great at math. I can do a differential equation, but the whole debit credit uh, spread, you know, uh, balance sheet, Yikes. I didn't get it. It just did, it didn't click. I didn't understand you have a negative uh, negative credit and positive debit and how that all balanced out. I didn't get it. So I'm like, this is horrible. This is not fun. Can I just fly? Well, I took a class with a guy who was on the Today Show back in the day. Uh, his on-air name, I think, was uh, is it Graham Graham Gaylord, hmm. but his real name is Cecil Keen. And I and he was teaching this class in meteorology, and I fell in love. And I'm like, sir, I, this is it. I'm going to get a degree in meteorology because I'm going to be the best pilot. I can forecast what we're going to fly through. And he, and he, a British guy, and he goes, I, I can't give you a degree. We don't have that program here. I just teach a meteorology class, but you can transfer to another state college in Minnesota. So I transfer from Mankato State, St. Cloud State, getting a degree in meteorology, really getting after it. I'm in the guard, got guard weekends. You know, I got a couple jobs on the side just trying to make all the ends meet, doing the whole meteorology deal. Doing really well in the guard, but now we're post the first desert storm and huge drawdown. So now we have too many pilots. Right. There's no pilot slots. There's nothing. And you're looking, you know, I, I, I'm not a 4.0, but uh, I'm trying to compete with these guys who have and active duty pilots that are coming out of, you know, active duties come to our guard unit to fly. I couldn't compete. There wasn't any spots. And it's like, well, what am I going to do with this degree in meteorology? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to do TV meteorology. Had an internship in Minneapolis with a guy named Sam Scammon, uh, one of the best. He, he figured out how to tell the weather story and how it impacted people. He could relate. And I just did an internship with him and fell in love with the broadcast side, fell back on that degree. Uh, first TV job was in Mason City, Iowa, which is in the middle of a cornfield. Heck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, off, off of I-35. It's actually where Buddy Holly, uh, Richie Valence, and the big bopper crashed and died. So the, the day the music died, Holy that was crap. my first TV. Yeah, that was my first TV job. You can actually walk out to where the plane crashed, and you can see a little, a little memorial there. Wow! And uh, and uh, that was my first job. So I'm you know, forecasting blizzards and you know thunderstorms. Saw my first tornado in person. Went storm chasing. Fell in love with storm chasing. And this is about the time the movie Twister came out, and there wasn't a lot of people storm chasing. Well, you know, I was making. I qualified for food stamps, my first TV job, and it was hard to make a living. I mean, I'm five years into it, and I'm, I don't have money to do anything. I'm literally going to the lake to go catch fish to eat. And, uh, and I'm like, I don't think I can do this much longer. So, you know, people move up the ladder, you know, jump to different markets, Absolutely. more experience. Well, Oklahoma City had recruited me. They had found me, saw my resume, and they're like, we want to fly you down, come down here, see what it's like. And did the interview process and met some hardcore meteorologists <laughs> who I compete against today. Uh, and I'm like, this is it. I'm coming to Oklahoma. I'm gonna I'm gonna chase tornadoes, and that's exactly what I did. And it was it was intense. And Oklahoma has the most diverse weather in the world, the most violent weather in the world. And I learned, even though I compete against two of those uh, gentlemen, uh, they're some of the best meteorologists in the country. And I learned from them. And very competitive. So, you know, you're learning the skills, not just the forecasting, but the 
uh, you know, the storm tracking and the inter- intercepting of tornadoes and just the science behind forecasting and just fell in love with it. And uh, the rest is history. So here I am 20 years into uh, television meteorology and actually moved away for a little bit. My wife and I moved away. I took a chief job in Indiana, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And that's where thunderstorms go to die. <laughs> so I got really bored. And we're sitting here. My, you know, my wife is a, a fifth generation Oklahoman. She misses home. I miss not, I didn't miss the intensity of the coverage necessarily. I just miss being in the game. I, I, be, well, being in the game. Here's the way I look at it. it I, I'm not, I, I look at it as when I was in the guard, and granted, I didn't have, I wasn't combat, you know, I wasn't infantry. I just loaded planes. That's what I did. I just loaded planes. But I love being a part of that team, wearing right. a uniform. And uh, serving we, the guard, air guard, you serve the state and your nation. So I deploy worldwide. Be on, you know, you're on a team, you're doing these special mobility training deals, and you actually active duty in the world doing stuff, helping them. And you're part of this team, and you have a mission. And I, when I got out of the guard, and I, I'm like, well, I don't kind of miss serving my country. Well, I feel like I serve my country in a little different way, and I know that kind of sounds a little hokey. I don't wear, you know, the the battle dress uniform anywhere anymore. I wear a, my blues, which is a you know suit and tie. And I was trained by some of the best in the country, and now I can serve the state that I call home, love and adore. That's amazing. And and it is, and I and I take it really personally. And so, like I said, like the last when we had that low 14, uh, 14 below, I think it was the first time in my career where I just kind of I think I cried a little bit, like man, this is really impacting people. They're not acclimated. This is long-lasting. People are losing power. They're losing, they can't keep their houses heated. And it was like, this This sucks. <laughs> and it was the first time I was, because usually, you know, with tornadoes, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, when tornadoes happen, it's game on and I have a job to do and it's, it's work mode. You just don't think about how it's going to hurt people because you know that other people are relying on you to just do your job. And I think there was a little bit there with, with the storm like man this is really hurting people a lot of people like i get it i can't i'm not downplaying fatalities with a tornado but typically you know fatalities with the tornadoes is pretty low the risk of you actually having a tornado hit your house is very very low everybody here was impacted by the cold right. everybody right I, i'm very yeah. interested in you know when you when you consider uh, like you said oklahoma's got some of the most violent weather in the world you know, give me the the setting on a you know it's this is April. My birthday is April fifteenth, right? It is. Um, you've been predicting that it's going to be a you know an, an outbreak of uh, certain you know a, a huge tornado outbreak in the state. Like what what is your mentality? You know, the night before something like that, right? I mean, it's I, I can't imagine um, living through that minute by minute. And as you're watching the screen and you're trying to you know, decide on, on where to call this thing and what direction it's going and, and understanding that, you know, everybody watching their television in that mode, like I'm looking at you like you're talking to me over the last three days. I'm like, all right, Jonathan, what's what's the deal here? And I want to, you make me feel like you are talking to me. And I think that's part of what makes you good at what you do. But in, now you are under an immense amount of stress and lives are literally on the line. You know, is how do you how do you even emotionally prepare for a day like that? That's a great question. And I kind of call it the, the wife forecast. I'm going to tell it to you like I tell it to my wife. And I'm very direct with my wife. I just tell her the way it is. There's no, I'm not going to lie. 
Um, I'm going to just tell you what I think. And I learned something my first year, first couple of years in TV, I worked with a meteorologist who, who's not even in meteorology anymore. I think the guy's a, a brew master now, but this guy, he, we were having a talk about the forecast and he came in and he changed the forecast. I'm like, why did you change the forecast? He goes, well, here's the deal, man. It's my face, my forecast. And when he said that, I'm like, dude, you are so vain. He goes, no, listen, I have to stand on TV and tell people how the weather's going to impact them. If I don't believe in the forecast, you know, that's my name. Right. And that's, and that's, that's kind of the attitude I have with, uh, doing the, the weather cast. It doesn't matter what it is. I live here and whatever I say, that's my name. Like you're going to hold me accountable. The snow that I forecasted, I want you to hold me accountable out on the street. You're going to see me at the grocery store, pull me out on the mat and say, right. Oh man, you, Hey, you did a great job. Or you screwed that up. There are many times if I really screw up a forecast, like the timing of a thunderstorm, uh, like let's say I said it, you know, there's you know 10% chance of rain in it pours or we say no snow and we get a couple inches i will literally go on tv the next day and be like i screwed that up i'm sorry i'm gonna learn from this but i'm gonna hold myself accountable so going into you know those big severe weather days is a little bit different we know i know the impact i have family and friends here you know i i I love oklahoma i love the people here i'm raising my kids here um i really care and sometimes I think with severe weather, you just, you have to compartmentalize and say, you know what, today I have a job to do. My job is this, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And you just do it. You know, just just do it. Because peop- people rely on us. They, they, you know, they don't need, you don't need me being a blabbering idiot right. on TV. Emotional, you know, and, and no, they want to know, where's the storm? When is it going to hit my house? Is there a tornado or not? do I need to get in my tornado shelter? Tell me how bad it's going to be. And you just do it. And, and again, it's, it's, it's funny though, this last this winter storm impacted me more than a big tornado day. Now, let me tell you, if I saw a tornado coming at my house, you might see me <laughs> get oh, a little yeah, emotional, sure. you know, cause it's like, Oh my gosh, I have like, again, remember the, 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 my buddy who's a veteran, my next door neighbor is an air force veteran. The other guy around the corner, he's an active duty air force, you know, to see a tornado come at my house and know that my, my friends are in those homes. Right. Then, then, then that's a little close, but uh, yeah, those are big days. And, and I hate to say it. I, I want to be, be a fear monger. Um, this is, I hate, and who knows what's going to happen, but we're always looking for, you know, an outlook and people are always asking what the tornado season going to be like just kind of looks a little similar to 2011. 2011 was a La Nina year. Oh, wow. We had a foot of snow on 1 February of 2011. We had record cold. And then the tornado season kind of started out slow, but then we had that huge tornado outbreak uh, on May 24th. And then that year ended up being, number one, a huge year for tornadoes. And then that was one of the hottest years in recorded history. Started Fantastic. out cold. Big, yeah, <laughs> <Good> <laughs> so, so I was hoping, it's funny, I was joking with my wife. I'm like, man, I am like, I don't say, like, hey, man, but like, you know, I, like, I need like a couple months here. We just need to relax. Right. I need to get some downtime, low stress. I need to mitigate that stress because I know get tornado season right. coming. Yeah, get your mind right. And I said that, and we, we had this like two weeks of the worst winter ever. I mean, we had basically uh, a couple of years of winter all in about two weeks. 
Like that's not what I wanted. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm very. Uh, I'm very curious to ask. In in you and I, you know, we're in. I'm in the media industry myself. Two different. Um, you know, two totally different conversations as far as what we do. But at the end of the day, ratings matter. And I find, you know, for you to be a meteorologist, which is a scientific, you know, degree, right? Like you have a, it's a science, what you do. No, not, no dummy can do what you do. Uh, and your forecast is your forecast. You're telling a story of what the weather is supposed to be like, and you take it serious for sure. And I like I appreciated everything that you said leading up to this thing. Like you st- stuck to your guns, and uh, you were very adamant. Like this is what the storm is going to be. Be ready, people. And and uh, your forecast was c- correct. You don't know what the total of snow was, but it was a lot, and it impacted us in a huge way. And you absolutely did a great job letting people know that leading up to this thing. What do you say to the people who? You know, we'll take a forecast of, um, you know, something that could be dangerous and make it sound more dangerous than maybe it actually is. You know, the people that are uh, the fear mongers that are in because, you know, that those people exist and they have great jobs and they make a bunch of money because they get a bunch of ratings because it's big movements and loud noises. And, oh, you, you, you won't believe what's going to happen next. You know, like there's just a, there's a there is a um, I want to say theater to some of this. And I wonder how, because I, I feel like you, I mean, you do a great job presenting your stuff, but I don't feel like you're acting ever. There's two people in this market that I watched. I'm like, man, I feel like that was a little staged. You know what I mean? So like, how do you, how do you compare the two or is it, is it a part of the game or how do you feel about it? Give me your, give me your thoughts. Oh, that's a hard question. Let me, let me do the best I can to answer that. So because you know, going back to that degree in meteorology, it, I'm not, um, I'm not a weatherman. I don't try to take that too personally, but I had to hustle to get my degree in meteorology. It's fluid dynamics. It's differential equations. I struggled. I did great with math and calculus, but diff- differential equations really beat me up. And I had to really work hard. And so I take a lot of pride in, in, the, in the forecasting, but I understand, I, I think I understand weather. I've seen a lot. I've worked through you know, tropical storms. I've worked through tornado outbreaks. I've worked through blizzards. I've literally forecasted it, put my name on the line and watched it either verify or not verify, but I've lived through all that weather. And so a lot of times um, I try not to watch what other people are doing because I don't want other people, what they're doing to impact what I think is going to happen. So I just try to, I'm going to do Jonathan. Right. That, that being said, we also do a team forecast. Damon and I, and Michael Armstrong, we are literally talking every day. We, we, we believe in a team mentality. Like, hey, what do you think about this? Like, we had really, it's not just, hey, I'm going to do a forecast. This is what I think. It's like, hey, what do you think about this? Oh, we think this model is biased in this, but this is overdone. We need to watch this. Let's make sure that, you know, we put that heavy band that we don't put it, you know, past that location. So we definitely have a team mentality. But yes, I would agree. There's some shock and awe. I wish it wasn't that way. Um, I just, I think, again, it goes back to my face, my forecast. If I keep on, if the, if the sky is always falling and it never falls, are you going to, you know, Chicken Little or I guess it's the boy who cried wolf. Are you going to believe me anymore? Right. And that's my name. And that's, that's huge. That's a huge thing. Do you trust me? Do my actions match my words? And do you trust me? So there's a time where there's going to be a very bad day for Oklahoma when it comes to severe weather there could be a very bad day where we're going to have a tornado outbreak that is going to hit the metro and people are probably going to die just because 
you can't stop violent tornadoes and it's going to happen. We've seen it before May 3rd, you know, uh, May 19th, May, you know, you have all these years and 99 and, and 2010, 2001, all these big tornadoes. It's just a matter of time. We will have, you know, a violent tornado. I'm not saying it's this year, but eventually we will just the law of averages. If I say every single time, it's going to be, you know, I'm just going to tell you the way it is. If I think there's going to be a couple of tornadoes today and they're going to be, you know, Western Oklahoma, that's the way it's going to be. If I right. was real concerned that there's going to be tornadoes are going to fire up just West on highway 81 and they're going to, they're going to develop and we're going to, there's a legit risk of large, long track tornadoes. Uh, that's what I'm going to tell you. End of story. But I'm just going to tell you the way, what my heart believes again, cause I'm going to hold myself accountable yeah, sometimes people, it was funny, this last snowstorm, it was, there was meteorologists from other television markets that were trolling us on the internet saying, you're, you, you're, it's, you're wrong, you'll never happen. And like, what are you talking about? And then, then we get it, and it's like, nothing out of them. <laughs> but, I, I, I've got to ask uh, two questions. One, you mentioned the movie Twister. How much do you love the, or hate the movie? Like, is it one of those things that the industry loves it, or is it just so not realistic that you hate it? Oh, yeah. I think it's my wife's favorite movie. <laughs> movie. So I love um, that movie, by the way. I love <laughs> Twister. It's a great movie. Uh, I think I think they did a good job. I think Hollywood with that movie did a really good job. They brought in meteorologists from Oklahoma City, Gary England, um, uh, Rick Mitchell, uh, Mike Morgan. They were all in that movie. Um, I think they did a good job asking the TV stations uh, what it was like for storm chasing. Right. There are storm chasers actually in at the TV stations that were some of the the actors portrayed. Um, it's not necessarily exactly, you know, you had the, <laughs> you know, Bill Paxton and, you know, his, you know, they just barely had the technology. And then you had, you know, and the other guys were, you know, all the, you know, the black SUVs have all the yeah, money. It, 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 it's not like that. They, I think they did a pretty good job. Scientifically speaking, there are about 150 inaccuracies. And <laughs> <laughs> like you could say, yeah, that's technically not a wall cloud or no, that's, that's not a whatever they were saying. Or yeah. I mean, for example, how could you ride out a tornado, you know, buckling yourself into a, a water pipe and not, you, you would be peppered with so much debris. You would never live. Right. Um, yeah. So there's some stuff. It's, it's a fun movie. That movie actually really triggered the storm chasing craze. It was, that was the movie that did it all. Well, that's, that, that's, that's my, uh, my next question for you. Then the storm chasing deal, everybody, like anytime I see a storm chaser during that season, I'm like, man, I would love to do that. And then I go home and I watch the news that night and I think, and I don't know that I would want <laughs> to do that necessarily. Uh, what's your best storm chasing story? Ooh, that is a great question. Um, so love storm chasing. They don't let me go storm chasing anymore. I, <laughs> I love my dream job would be in sky because not only could I get my aviation kick and hang out with a good friend of mine who is our helicopter pilot, love him, Chase Rollage, one of the best army veteran retired. Um, uh, I don't have to deal with traffic. And that's one of the problems in Oklahoma. Not like just, you know, we don't have bad traffic here in Oklahoma. But during storm chase days, there are a lot of people out there. There's the hobbyists, there's a tour group company, so you got the TV, then you have the, like the looky loos who, you know, hey, let's go out and go to see if there's a tornado. Absolutely. Well, the problem with that, we have something called chaser convergence. And we started seeing that in the mid 2000s, like 2005 and six. And that was right after Twister had come out. 
and all these people want to learn how to storm chase. And so, yeah, oh, there's there's the, the line of chasers. Let's go follow them. Well, that's a huge problem for the, the television stations where we're trying to do you know public service. We're trying to show you where the tornado is. And it's not just radar anymore. You got to show people the tornado. They want to see the tornado. Right. You got to show them the tornado. There's a tornado. And the problem is all this chaser convergence. And, and so, hey, you want to learn how to storm chase? You better go with somebody who knows what they're doing and get ready. To, you might get a little scared because what happens if you get in that caravan? I mean, like 300 cars deep. Imagine Holy you got a super. Wait a minute. Yeah. You're yeah, telling me there'll deep. be 300 yeah. cars. Minimal. Yep. In a line coming down a highway. And you, let's say you take the back road, right? And you need to cross the main road, you'll never get in. People are doing like 10, 15 miles an hour. The storm might be doing 30. You're getting behind it. So, one thing that we have to do with our chasers, they have to go not off road, but they go on the back, uh, the the you know country road, like the the gravel road yeah, that absolutely. would be really muddy. That's the only way you can get around. So, um, miss storm chasing, love storm chasing. What was the question again? I got totally sidetracked. Your, oh, best, your best story. Yeah, yours. Yeah. Okay, so this is when I worked at a different station when I first got in this market in two thousand five, two thousand ten, and I remember doing like the morning show you're up early you're getting up at one in the morning you're up you're doing the whole deal you're there till 12 30 then you literally change out of your suit you put on your storm chase clothes which is like shorts and a polo and sneakers you hop in a truck which is like an suv you get with a photographer who's also like a storm chaser and you go out and you storm chase well that day so this couple days of severe weather get really tired yeah this was when i was younger so i had a little bit more endurance but, you know, end of the day, pulling into the station, and it's one of those nights where storms develop after sunset. Um, it's we call it the low-level jet. Low-level jet stream comes in. It has enough to create thunderstorms, and then you get supercells. So this is kind of like April and May. It can happen, not all the time. And literally, it's like, ooh, the supercell just went up. So now I'm sleep-deprived. I'm very tired. I'm with a photographer who is not the most veteran storm chaser that I usually chase with. And you build a really tight relationship with that person because you're putting yourself in front of a tornado, right? So you trust that person. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this other one didn't have as much experience. So I'm driving and I'm tired. It's now 11 o'clock. We got a tornado warning. The the hook echo is kind of over Lake Hefner coming into South Edmond. Now here's the deal. It's 11 at night. I've been up almost 24 hours. I've had how many coffees? I'm tired. But we're doing our job. This is our job. You chase the storm that's in front of you. Now, I'm really tired, and it's dark, and it's pouring rain. And I turn, if this is like in North Edmond, I make a turn to go east. And I'm like, why is there a cone in the middle of the road? Who put a cone here? Why does they want the whatever? So I open it up. I'm going pretty quick. I'm probably doing pretty fast, like maybe about 60 miles an hour. Yeah. You're, you're getting after it, right? you got to stay out of the storm. And, I, and I'm on television talking, and I literally say, I got to go. I hang up the phone, and I put my arm over in front of the photographer. I said, hold on. And we go through about two to three feet of water across the roadway. Oh. And I, yeah, so I slam on the brakes, and we don't hydroplane, but we plow through. I don't see anything. It's pitch black. We didn't hydrolock the car or anything, but it was, it was deep, but the the distance across the water was not that far. So blasted through it, 
and coasted through, get on the other side. I'm white knuckled and I'm like, oh my goodness, well, I can't believe I just drove through that. Oh, the code is there because the fire department put it out. I think it was either Edmund or Deer Creek. That's a flood spot. Right. It had been raining all day. They put out the cone. Don't drive down that road. It's flooded down there. I drove through flash flooding. And so I'm like, I can't believe I just did that. We always tell people, turn around, turn go around. Yeah, don't drive I around. literally. <laughs> and so <laughs> the next day, it's another severe weather day. You know, do the morning show, do the noon show, go out and storm chase. And we have a little downtime. And I'm like, man, that road, we have GPS. So I knew what I had driven. I'm like, I'm going to go back and look at that, the area. Let's see if I, that's still flooded. So flooding had eroded everything but the road. The ditch on the side where the, you know, the little bar ditch in the creek, the yeah. little creek there, it was gone. It dropped about uh, six to eight feet straight down. Whoa. If I had, if I had been another foot over and gone, you know, we don't have big shoulders on those back roads, it's, you know, maybe a foot. If I had gone a foot to the right, that SUV would, would have been, been capsized in, in the water. Yeah. And you would have heard, you know, meteorologists, you know, rescued out of flash flooding. That was probably one of my scariest moments. Cause it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm that, I'm that idiot that drove through the flooding. <laughs> Dude, we would have forever called that a condor. Like forever in the market. It would have been uh, called don't pull a condor. Yeah. Turn around. Don't pull a condor. So yeah. that that was a pretty that was pretty there's been other moments. Um I think one time there's a tornado out in western Oklahoma out near Butler or something and we're driving and we're you're never supposed to drive north of the the tornado. You're, you should that's that's a bad place to be. The rain curtains can get wrapped up. You don't see the tornado. You typically want to be always in front of it. There's a little notch there that you have clear air and you can safely chase in there. You might eat big hail, but you can see the tornado. You always want to see the tornado. We hooked behind it because it was the only way to go. And we're driving, and we know there's a construction sign that says bridge is out. And we're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I literally, you know, text the station, like, bridge is out. I don't know how far we can go. And my, the veteran chase I'm with, he's like, oh, we'll figure it out. And we ended up, you know, people are saying, are literally texting us, oh, we, this is before really good mapping software, before all the technology. We're able to kind of like, I'm racing. I see a tornado. I see the supercell right out of the right window. We're hammering east as fast as we can go, getting hit golf ball size hail, blowing out the windshield. You're like, good okay, night. is this tornado just... You know, so we're going east, tornadoes go northeast, it's getting closer, closer, the bridge is out, the bridge is out, what are we going to do, you got a dog leg around, you know, we go find another bridge, and then you pop out of the storm, blasting south, that was, that was probably pretty nerve-wracking, I don't remember, that was probably in 2007, and then there was also, do you remember the, uh, there was what they called the Lacey Pig Farm tornado, it was a Memorial Day tornado, I don't know, 2008, went out chasing that day, and it had rained so much that the back roads were just slick you could get back on those clay roads you know i call yeah. it cake frosting where it rains and then it kind of dries a little bit and the top is really hard but then there's like four inches of goo yes. well it doesn't matter if you use four-wheel drive you're going you're slipping in you're sliding worse than ice we're in front of this big mile wide tornado and we decided to take the only you know we didn't stick to the paved road we stuck to the gravel road and literally the suv is sliding off the road and there's a tornado behind us and we're like are we going to abandon the car, get stuck? And, oh, you know. good Lord. So imagine, yeah, imagine you're driving on this mud. Mud is flying everywhere. The car is like, you're hammered. You're hammered. And you're just trying to stay in the crown. And the car goes sideways. And your wheels are hanging off in the ditch. And you're just slipping and sliding. And, you're, you know, I get goosebumps thinking about it. And you're like, okay, 
please. Um, you know, you're yelling, where's the babe, bro? Where's the babe, bro? Keep on going, buddy. Oh, you should, we should do, you should imagine the video that's in the, in the front seat of that SUV. That's pretty insane. stressful. Yeah. 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 So if that's, if that's what you want to do, if you want to get your adrenaline rush, that's one way to do it. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you so much for your time today, man. I really appreciate it. Um, and thank you for what you did during this storm. And I'm going to you know, pre-thank you for what you're going to do during the spring. Uh, I, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that give you guys a lot of crap for, uh, when, when forecasts, you know, don't go exactly like you you say it's going to go. And, uh, I just, for the life of me, don't understand why I'm like, these are smart people trying to take care of me and my family. And so I, I wish you all the success in the world, man. And, and I'm hoping to, uh, kind of keep chatting with you through the spring and, uh, maybe, you know, just kind of all year round and, and just kind of get a better idea of, or understanding of Oklahoma weather and, and kind of what you're dealing with. This was cool, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'd love to come back. That'd be awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. All right, bye. The Sam Mays Podcast is a production of P-Squared Media.